0: Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren, weathering in any season to see the eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo and Sheila in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins, Till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some birds with The early birds gets the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. bo party with stats and things, flapping their wings. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I'm going to get drunk. Wear them beers, wear them beers. All bottles on
1: Mr. Lurie tonight. Damn, that's going to make me throw up. What was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? we the best. No one could have got me a caprese.
2: Where's the ball security? Touchdown, Tom. Loser. Nick Foles never lost a Super Bowl.
0: That's right, he has it. Welcome on in. Birds with Friends Radio. Joe Giglio with you, with me here in studio. After last week, we were apart because I was in Atlantic City at the Hard Rock, and you guys... You guys held it down back here to Shiel Kapadia, Bo Wolf, the Athletics. Shield, how you doing?
1: Um, you know, I came in excited, and then I saw your call board, and there is a caller, Tanya, with the topic, are we the Browns? So now my level of excitement is at a whole other level. Can't wait to get going here.
0: Bo, how you doing?
2: I'm doing very well. I'm a little upset that Old City the coffee shops were all closed. I had to I had to go to like three or four just to get myself a, a latte. Nobody nobody stays up late to drink a coffee in
0: Old City. The one that uh, Jack and I frequent before shows they closed down at seven. So... Yeah, that's where I went. Seven, come on, seven's not kind of early. I mean, you need energy for Birds with Friends.
2: What are we talking about here? Let's go. All
0: right, let's do it. Sponsorship opportunity, sounds like. To me. That, that's right. That's right. If you want to stay open, you can uh, you can sponsor and sponsor the Athletic, which Bo, of course, and Sheeler. From eight 729 9494 to hop in. All right, full hour Eagles talk. We've got a lot to get into off the win last week, and we all thought they'd win that game. They won it in decisive fashion. Panthers this week. But there's some questions to jump into to start this week. The biggest one I, I think that everyone... I think people don't want to address this because they don't want it to be a reality, but it is. Shield, what is going on with Jason Peters? Last week, I didn't think he played great in that game. Olivier Vernon gave him a lot of trouble. Then he came out with the injury, and we thought maybe he'd miss some time. What's the latest? What's going on with Jason Peters here?
1: He's got the bicep injury. He's coming off an ACL injury, and he had the quad injury earlier in the season. So he's dealing with all these different things. Obviously, the bicep injury is the most recent one, and you're absolutely right. I mean, anybody who has watched Jason Peters over the years and his tremendous career, that one series specifically last week against Olivier Vernon, uh, he was basically unrecognizable in that series. And so my take here is, and what I don't understand why they're not doing this, is why are you not sitting Jason Peters down? Give him three, four, five weeks, whatever it is. Let him get healthy. This guy, I mean, we saw him out of practice today. Huge brace on his arm. He's getting stretched. Uh, you know, he's he just got injuries all over the place because the, the reality is the likelihood of him being healthy from now until whenever you end your playoff run uh, is very low. And so in my opinion, what they should be doing here is taking the decision out of his hands and saying, Jason, we love you. We want you to be a part of this run we go on in December. We're going to sit you down for a few weeks. Get healthy. We'll stick Vitae in there. And then hopefully, once we get ready for the stretch run, you can get back back out there. But Doug Peterson has said, point blank, they are not doing that. Jason Peters expected to play Sunday against the Panthers.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, point blank, asked Doug that yesterday, or today, earlier this morning. Why don't you just, why why don't they consider this? And it makes so much sense right now. You've got two games coming up, and then the bye. That seems like a nice three-week stretch to give him some time off. You've got Halapulavati Vaitai who can hold down the fort for now at left tackle. And this is why I talk so much about age. It's, it's not just that a player's skill is declining. It's that we know from years and years of evidence that the, the older you are, the more likely your body is to not be able to hold up. And, and Jason Peters has been dealing all season with these, these nagging injuries. There's been, there have been two games this season where he's started and not been able to finish. It seems to me that it makes so much sense, as Shield says, to give him some time off and and let him let his body recuperate. At the same time, listen, I understand. He's a Hall of Fame player. He doesn't want to go off the field. Jeff, we, we had a chance to talk to Jeff Stalin earlier this week, and he said he's not going to miss any time. He's a very prideful guy. I think that, that makes sense, and that's why I think, it, as Shield said, it's sort of up to the coaches to do what's best for Jason Peters, whether Jason Peters wants it or not.
0: Yeah, Sheil, you had mentioned to take the decision out of his hand, and Bo just threw in that, too. I feel like... Jason Peters, and I know he deserves a lot of it, but he has a lot of say, it feels like, with his status with the Eagles. I mean, a couple of years ago, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Eagles either thought about or approached him or wanted. The idea of him taking a, con, uh, a pay cut was out there, and I felt like Peters was like, no, and they said, okay. Most players don't get that kind of respect from their team, and now this, and it just feels like they should they should take over the the decision here. This can't be the players' decision. Totally.
1: Yeah, he he is universally respected from ownership to the front office to the coaching staff to the players. He even... calls
0: Jeffrey
2: Lurie his best friend.
1: Well, yeah, I that, do that also, uh, but you don't see true. me calling in any favors. <laughs> do you? I'm sitting here with you two. Uh, but you know, even... Jason Peters is not though. You get to be. <laughs> even Jordan Mailata today was talking about uh, how much Jason Peters um, is helping him and Jason Kelsey. These guys are making it pretty clear that we're not going to give you anything about, hey, Jason Peters should sit right now. You know, Kelsey was basically like the guy's a warrior. He wants to be out there. He plays through everything. I'll go to war with him uh, any day of the week. But, again, you know, that, that's what Jason Peters wants. You wonder if, you know, you have Jeffrey Lurie. I don't, I don't think it's reached this level yet, but at some point, maybe you have Jeffrey, call him in, maybe have a, have a little coffee and, uh, you know, crimpets or a donut waiting for him, have a little heart-to-heart and say, Yo, JP.
2: Yeah, JP strikes me as an afternoon tea kind of guy.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's the, the pinky up, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, and... Latte or tea?
2: <laughs> no, afternoon tea. I think it's like old school, like very proper English.
1: <laughs> Imagine how little a teacup would look in Jason <laughs> Peters' hands. <laughs> how big his pinky yeah, yeah exactly. that pinky being up would look. But maybe it'll come to that uh, at some point. You know, I think they'll give it a shot Sunday, see how he looks. Uh, I'm assuming he'll wear this huge brace on his arm. And, you know, maybe it'll take like one more game. And if he can't get through it, then they'll finally say, listen, we have a bye coming up in two weeks. We're just going to sit you against Jacksonville. You don't have to make the trip to London. Or maybe he'll get through it and surprise us all and be this freak of nature that he's been his entire career. And next week we'll be on here saying, man, we sounded stupid last
2: week. But you're right, Joe. I mean, this has sort of happened over the past several years. Every time there seems like some kind of thing is changing with Jason Peters, whether it was a restructure a few years ago, this last offseason after the Eagles win the Super Bowl, we asked Doug Peterson, do you expect to have Jason Peters back next year? Because it was up in the air. He was coming off an ACL. He had this huge cap number. You would expect at least some kind of restructure. They, won,
0: was, they won without him with Vitai. They
2: won without him. And he says, he's like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was like no question. It's it, like the idea even being broached was offensive. Uh, and, you know, last year at 35, he was awesome. He was fantastic. So you understand that. But it does seem like he, he does sort of, uh, you know, carry a, a big stick in that in that office. So, it's a, it's
0: a fair point. Yeah, well, I've always wondered about that, because it feels like his say matters more than anybody else's in a uniform.
1: And the other thing is, I mean, you may need Vitae at some point anyway. He's had some struggles. I don't think he's like this complete disaster where you worry about Wentz getting injured, but I think him playing a little bit more could even help him if you need to call on him down the stretch.
2: Meanwhile, they've got a right tackle who's not practicing either with his high ankle sprain.
1: But I think he'll play. Yeah, he'll play. Yeah, he's he's going to need maintenance, I think, during the week, uh, you know, through the bye and then you would hope that. And he played okay, I thought, last week. I, that wasn't his worst game.
2: Yeah, I agree with Johnson. that. The, the, the dreaded high ankle sprain. Yes. You can't say a high ankle sprain. It has to be prefaced with the dreaded.
1: It's it's, dread, I mean, it's
0: dreadful injury. It really is. Yeah. I, I was surprised he played last week. Yeah. He went out there more ups than he did. All right, so we have the offensive line, Peters, and, and wondering about his future. The secondary also is banged up right now, so much so that Dexter McDougal was re-signed last yeah. night. The pride of Maryland, which I didn't see that coming, but I guess he knows the system. He's familiar. He could play the slot corner. So Sidney Jones is going to be out a little while here. Is, is
1: that the feeling, Sheel? I felt like when Doug Peterson was asked about Dexter McDougal today, he had no idea <laughs> that who he was the reporter on the team? was talking I thought about. It, I, thought it hit him,
2: I thought it hit him mid-answer <laughs> that he was here last yeah, year. He's he, like, started, who? he started out like, who is this, who is this? And then he was like, oh, wait, I think this guy was here. And he said it helps that he had the, uh, the, the history of being with us in camp Last year, yeah. he remembered that it was last year and not and not
0: this year.
1: He's like shorter guy, quick feet, some facial hair he Wears t shirts yeah. yeah. sometimes. <laughs> That's right. In case uh, you
0: guys <laughs> needed any reminder that Jim Schwartz is running the defense and Doug's right. got the offense. There it it is. Is. he
1: uh, Yeah, no, I think Sidney Jones. When Doug Peterson has said week to week so far this year, it has not been a good sign. So uh, I would say at a minimum, Sidney Jones would be out the next two weeks, and then you get the bye week. And this is a tough situation. It's a lot of mixing and matching. In the Eagles secondary, it would almost be easier if they lost an outside cornerback because then they've got some depth. You can throw Rasul Douglas out there. But the only backup nickel they really have on the roster is Avante Maddox. And the coaches seem to just be over the moon about this guy. I mean, Jim Schwartz, he doesn't just kind of give praise to players, even if guys are playing out of their minds. And for Avante Maddox, he's just had nothing but great things to say. But guy then loves again, ball now. Guy loves ball. Now he had some good football talk there uh, with him. But Has he used a baseball analogy
0: for Avante Maddox, an Orioles analogy? Because when he does that, that's how you know. The, that's the Jim Schwartz deep cut. No, but we do know
2: that Avante Maddox says he carries a uh, baseball glove around with him at all times. Big baseball player growing up.
0: Yeah. Well, that's how you know Jim Schwartz likes him. Jim Schwartz, that's I, every time point. I listen to one of those press conferences, Jim Schwartz
1: always dives into like You're some right. sort of baseball analogy. You might be right. Well, we'll have to ask him about that. But, I mean, Avante Maddox was really improving as their free safety replacing Rodney McLeod. So now you're in a situation where I think most likely Maddox will start out at free safety, and then when you have to go to three cornerbacks, he'll come down and play nickel, and then I don't know. I mean, who do you think they're going to move in there at free safety? Well, I mean, it's even
2: more complicated because Corey Graham is still not practicing. He didn't play last week, and it seems to me like maybe unlikely that he's going to be able to play this week. So I think you've got a couple options. You can do what they did last week against the Giants, which is have, as you said, Avante Maddox slide to the nickel and have Rasul Douglas, who is not a safety, play that deep safety position and and hold it up. Uh, I don't think that DeAndre Hall is an option. I think we've sort of learned that from talking to coaches over the past few days. Trey Sullivan is probably one of the the other three options. And then assuming that Corey Graham is out, I think the other option, I'm sorry, when Corey Graham is back, the other option is you just keep Avante Maddox as the deep safety. You bring in Corey Graham to play that box safety role, and then you move Malcolm Jenkins to the slot. But I don't think that's what we'll see this week. I, you know, water gun to my head, as we like to say. I think it will be what we saw last week. It will be Rasul Douglas uh, back there deep and Avante Maddox slotting to, slotting
0: to the slot. So it seems like the equation doesn't affect at all Mills or Darby. Like, they're on the outside, and it's like we're rotating safeties and nickel corners.
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. You know, Mills could have been an option, I thought, to play inside. But Jim Schwartz said point blank. That's not happening. And uh, Mills pretty much, uh, which is confirmed so surprising well.
2: because it really does seem like that would be the easiest thing to do. And, and as you said, Jim Schwartz completely shot it down this week. So, yeah.
0: all right, let's hear our third big question here: the win over the Giants, which the three of us saw coming. We all picked the Eagles to win the game. That's right. I didn't think they'd win the, quite that easily. I mean, that was a just it was a Speak route for
2: yourself. I picked 24-23.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you had a blowout too. <laughs> um, it was a route though. The, here was my takeaway: it was a good win. It was you saw progress there in a lot of areas. But I just it's hard for me to buy completely into what we saw because the Giants are really, really bad. The quarterback situation is among the worst in the NFL, and they just don't have anything bes- beside a couple of electric players in Barkley and Beckham. I, Bo, I just didn't take a ton from it because I'm not ready to say one game, Eagles are back.
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this on the podcast earlier this week, but it's hard to, to not get caught up into the recency bias stuff, right? Like two weeks ago, we were saying the NFC East is the worst division in football. You could win it at seven to nine, and now these three teams are coming off big wins and everybody's saying who's going to be a tougher competitor, Washington or the Cowboys. But I, I mean, I think you did see some encouraging signs. You saw them protect Carson Wentz better aside from the, the few plays where Olivier Vernon uh, got after Jason Peters. You saw the defense hold up in the passing game and Jim Schwartz designed some nice stuff on a short week. And, you know, you saw some explosive plays on the offense, which we haven't seen. And so I think the, the most encouraging sign is, is just the offense rounding into form if you look at it as opposed to to last year's offense, you know Torrey Smith wasn't giving you a ton. So even though you're not getting a ton from that that other wide receiver, it seems like they're in a, in pretty good shape there compared to last season. And you've got the added uh, variable of, of Dallas Goddard. So I think the offense is going to be coming on. That's the most in the most uh, encouraging thing. And again, you never know. Short week or the the extra week against Carolina probably helps, but. Who knows? This is, these are these are a couple of toss-up games. I think it, it, it's a good sign, but again, as you said, we'll see what happens on Sunday.
1: Theo, what do you think? I think they have a chance to go on a run, quite honestly. And I, I don't want to overreact to that win, but you've got these next two games against the Panthers and Jags, and then you've got the bye week, and then three or four at home. I mean, the things I really liked seeing out of that game, Jason Kelsey, I thought looked healthier than he has. All season, he played really well. You saw in some of those blitzes that the Giants threw their way. They were in sync. They knew their assignments. Corey Clement was picking up the blitz, those different types of things. I mean, that's the foundation. That's at the core of the offense. If those things happen, Carson Wentz is going to give him a chance. And Alshon Jeffrey is playing way better than he played at any point last year, save for you know the Super Bowl and maybe the playoff run. But in the regular season, uh, he has become this kind of go-to receiver. He doesn't need to be open. You can make those back shoulder throws to him. He can make contested catches. I mean, he's catching screens and taking off for 17 yards you always made fun of him for yeah, running I thought like, he an, ran old like man. an old man last yeah. year he looks great this he year he he looked looked like a young slow man now year. yeah now he looks good so um that's offensively and defensively the most encouraging thing was Jim Schwartz adjusted this was a flexible game plan this wasn't just hey we're going to play our defense and ah Jalen Mills got beat by Odell Beckham on that double move for 75 yards but hey i put him on an <laughs> island no it wasn't that explanation it was Odell Beckham will crush us if we let him. We're going to focus this game plan on putting a safety over the top. We're going to double team him. We'll give up some big plays elsewhere to Saquon Barkley. And it ended up they only gave up 13 points in that game. And remember, Eli Manning, I I know the Giants aren't good, but he picked the Eagles apart last year. So this was a game where I said, "I, I hope that they don't play their usual game plan and just let him get rid of the ball so quickly. And they didn't do that. So I think that's an encouraging sign as well.
0: There were two things that stood out to me. Third down, and we talked about this last couple weeks. Third down, which wasn't as good as last year. And the red zone, not as good as last year. They were good in both of those. And the the play early in the game, Bo, that stood out was Carson Wentz rolling out. And he had played well the first three games back. We hadn't seen that. That was a last year Carson Wentz play. Moving out of the pocket, it was kind of a, I don't know, reckless or a throw maybe most quarterbacks wouldn't or shouldn't make. He's got the arm strength to do it. He trusted Alshon. They made a play. That was last year's Carson Wentz, and they made it work in the red zone.
2: And you know what was funny is, is you know everybody's talking about this is a throw that you don't make, you don't make, you don't make. The Cross coaches your body. Are saying No, 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 and then, and then yes. And Doug Peterson was sort of trying to couch it he, all week. He was sort of like, oh, you know, it, it wasn't an advisable throw, but I'm not sure if he saw that there was a penalty on Zach Ertz uh, on that play, and oh, he so tried he, to give a parachute for and it, and so he, and so he was just you know going for it anyway. And Carson Wentz today was like, oh yeah, I, it was the middle of a play. I had no idea there was a flag. Like, see you, a you, flag? What you nuts? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm running for my life. And and so uh, yeah, I mean you're right. It's it's Carson Wentz has earned the ability uh, to make those throws, and and it was it was nice to see that that he could do that again. And then there was a, the the long play to Nelson Aguilar, a similar sort of play where he was sort of making something happen on a broken play. I thought that was the the one thing we hadn't seen from Carson Wentz this season. Other than that, I mean, it, it, I didn't even not sure I would say it was his best game of the season. But uh, those extra ex, ex, extra plays were were certainly nice.
0: And the third down shield, because that had been a problem this year, where they just last year it felt like no matter what it was, third and seven, third and eight, they would convert that. A crazy amount of times this year until this past game, they weren't doing that.
1: Yeah, those first four weeks of the season, I would say. And the blitz is what was killing them. I mean, they they were not picking up the blitz. The quarterbacks were getting crushed. Carson Wentz was getting sacked nonstop. In the last two games, uh, when the opponents blitzed, he hasn't been sacked one time. So, you know, the numbers back up kind of what we're seeing with our eyes. And I think if the protection's there and you have Jeffrey, Ertz, and Aguilar, I mean, those three guys... It's not the best group of pass catchers in the NFL by any means, but I think it's a group that can really uh, be pretty good, and you should see more of that third-down success.
0: 888-729-9494. 8 8, that is how you hop in. It's Birds with Friends Radio. We'll come back. We're going to debut a new segment here on Birds with Friends. Woodpecker, would you rather, as we break down some of the potential trade targets, we'll do that on the other side. Bo, before we do that, though, before we hit this, tell everyone about The Athletic and how they can sign up to read you guys.
2: TheAthletic.com/WIP gets you a free seven-day trial and thirty percent off. You can read Shields' great breakdown of the all twenty-two from the win over the Giants. Lots of other great stuff. I promise you that if you sign up, it, it will not be a mistake.
0: No lies there from Bob Wolf. Eight, at 8 7, 2, 9, 9, 4, 9, 4, to hop in. Birds with Friends Radio, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. 825 on a Wednesday night. That means it's Birds with Friends Radio. Joe Gillio, alongside Shio Kapati, Bo Wolf of The Athletic. They're with us here in this 8 o'clock hour, as they are every week, talking some birds. 8 at 8, We're going to debut a brand new segment. This is the first time this ever happened on the airwaves of WIP, so buckle up. We'll do that in just a second. Let's grab Dylan on the cell. He's up next on the phone lines. What's up, Dylan? Hey guys, uh, this is Dylan Bo. Uh, first time, long time, calling from DC. How we doing, hey, Dylan? Hey Dylan, how you doing, man? Doing well.
2: Uh, I was hoping to talk about um, the, the new segment
0: you guys got going on. Oh, you want to participate in Woodpecker? Would of you course. rather? Yeah. How about this? This is this is a true Birds with Friends fan.
2: All right, Dylan, we'll give you a we'll give you a Woodpecker. You rather? And for those who are who job. are unfamiliar, uh, it's a pretty self explanatory. I'll give you two options. You tell me which you would rather do. And so we're talking trades here. Would, Pecker, you rather trade a 2019 second-round pick and Stefan Wisniewski for Le'Veon Bell or trade a 2019 fourth-round pick for Jordan Howard?
0: That's a tough one, Bo. I'm going to take Jordan Howard. I think uh, long-term, he's who we want in the backfield. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be here for a year and then take the most money. I think you're right, Dylan. Dylan, I'm with you. I appreciate you calling, birds with friends here, and and participating in our first Woodpecker, Would You Rather. I like the Jordan Howard idea, too. I I think he's a perfect fit. I just have wondered the last couple weeks, guys, why the Bears would trade him. They are trying to win.
1: I I do not get that one at all. I mean, he is there like every down. I mean, I know they got Tariq Cohen. I don't think they want to run Tariq Cohen uh, 25 times a game. They are considered by some to be a Super Bowl contender, at least to make a run in the NFC. So I don't understand. The guy's on a rookie contract, right? He's he's inexpensive. So uh, I would agree with Dylan that given those two options... Give Jordan Howard. The guy is cheap, and, you know, he's here beyond just this season, and you're giving up a fourth-round pick. It just seems very unrealistic to me that he'd be a guy on the trade block.
2: And it, yet there is there is smoke there. Yeah. It, it sounds like it's a possibility. His his touches have gone down each of the past few weeks while Tariq Cohen's have gone up, I think. Uh, the book on Jordan Howard is that he's much more of a between the tackles guy. Not a, doesn't give you as much in the passing game. He's only got ten catches this season, which is actually uh, on pace to be a career high. And I think maybe it's a it's a Matt Nagy thing. He doesn't want a uh, one dimensional running back back there, and it's a chance to get something of value. But uh, again, I don't. You know, a fourth round pick doesn't seem to me to be worth it for the Bears when you've got a guy like
0: that. If it was a fourth for Howard, considering he has one year left after this, it'd be the exact. It's the, exact,
2: it's the exact same yeah, thing as Ajayi time. without the injury questions.
0: Yes, and without the friction, it seemed like, between Gase right. and Ajayi. And they were bad. I think the Dolphins were already yeah. kind of in the tank already. All right, so we both, we, all three of us, we went with Jordan Howard on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the thing with the NFL is it seems different than other sports where teams that are even a little bit of a contender never seem to give up any players on their roster, right? To you know, at this point in the season. Like it has to be yeah the, it has to be like in Arizona or in Oakland where you know your season is over already at this point. So who, who knows? Maybe, you know, things happen every year that are new, but there's no real precedence for that. So the or, next two weeks matter then the next two weeks matter yes. for we like we should be paying attention to all the teams yeah, in the NFL. So if so. a team
0: goes from two and three to two and five, I think so maybe how we can make something happen.
2: All right, next one. What are you rather a 2000, uh, The same deal for Le'Veon Bell, 2019 second and Wiz or a 2019 first and a fourth for Amari Cooper and a second.
1: All right, give me that last part again. So we like do, so This, math is, over this
2: there. is because, you know, this is sort of how Oakland did it with Khalil Mack. They got okay. to say they got two first-round picks even though they gave up a second. So uh, this way they could say they got a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. It's a first and a fourth. For Amari Cooper, and a second. Well,
1: John Gruden has such, done such a great job with PR and you know making them that's look right. very, uh, very put together there. Uh, give me the Amari Cooper trade. Yeah, I'll, so you're basically sliding down. I mean, what's the Eagles' first-round pick going to be? Anyway, you would figure it's going to be pretty late. You you take on Oakland's second, which is going to be high. You know, that's not much, and then you're just giving up a fourth-round pick. I really like the Amari Cooper rumor may my favorite one of any for the Eagles because the fact of the matter is, This offseason, the Eagles need to fill that hole at wide receiver. You know, they don't have a burner opposite Alshon Jeffrey. Not that Amari Cooper is a burner, but certainly a very good wide receiver. He's only 24 years old. He's signed through 2019, I think. Maybe you renegotiate that deal, extend him, and maybe he becomes kind of this uh, another go-to guy for Carson Wentz for the next uh, three, four, five years. So, yeah, I I like that deal.
0: I'm in on that one, too, just on this simple premise. If John Gruden doesn't want a good young player, I want that good young player. The only concern I'd have, is is he the same year as Aguilar? Would they both be on a fifth-year option next year? That seems like a lot of money for wide receiver, unless they one of them would have to get a long-term deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, Agu- uh, Aguilar, they would have to kick in that fifth-year option. I think Cooper, it's already, he's signed through. It is a decent number, though, yeah. I yeah. forget the exact number, so it would be a lot of money. It probably means Nelson Aguilar might not be here uh, long-term, but, you know, if they've identified him as a slot receiver Maybe that's easier to fill. But you joke about the uh, Gruden thing, but I really think, like, you see it in every sport. Identify the franchises that look like yeah. they're in disarray, don't know what they're doing, are willing to give up players, and go and pounce and try to take advantage of them. I mean, that that certainly fits, fits the description.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there are some concerns about Amari Cooper's dwindling numbers last year, only 680 yards despite playing uh, 14 games, and his, his catch rate went all the way down to 50%. But I'm, I'm like totally happy to just pretend that it's all because he's playing with a bad quarterback in a bad franchise. You get him here with Carson Wentz. And as you said, a 24-year-old guy to, to run with Carson Wentz seems to me to be uh, a much better long-term proposition for, for Howie Roseman. The, the more likely deal I would see him doing than just a happier rental like Le'Veon Bell.
0: And with the way offense is going in the NFL, they, they need to score more. I mean, the Eagles scored yeah. a lot on Thursday, but they need to probably be around, what, 28, 30 consistently to, if they're going to win the whole thing again, if they're going to make a run. You get Cooper and Aguilar and yeah. Ertz and Jeffrey,
1: you got a lot there. And Doug Peterson talked about it today. They need to score faster too. I mean, it's great to be able to string together drives of seven, eight, nine plays, but when you can fit one or two in there that's a very short drive where you had a forty yard catch or something, it makes it so much easier. And uh, you know, again, Cooper's not a burner, but when you add another weapon like that to the offense, it will make those plays easier to come by.
2: All right, we're gonna slide down in terms of uh caliber of player here on this this next Woodpecker, you rather Woodpecker, you rather trade a conditional 6th round pick to the wow. Dolphins for wide receiver Devontae Parker, the former first round pick who has been sort of out of favor in Miami, only has 2 catches for 40 yards this season, or a 4th round pick to the Arizona Cardinals for defensive tackle Corey Peters, who is a 30-year-old starting caliber run-stuffing defensive tackle. He's sort of a placeholder here for you know, any veteran starting caliber defensive
0: tackle. I'd rather go with the defensive tackle in this one. Mostly because I've seen nothing out of Devontae Parker so far, and I don't know how much better he would be than what they have at wide receiver right now. But the defensive tackle thing is starting to worry me. They're very, very thin at defensive tackle, and I guess is going to be healthy enough to play Sunday. It's, I guess it's trending yeah. that way. But if he goes out, there's just there's nothing there. There's nothing at least that we've seen in the game that you feel like, oh, I, this guy could play. That's, it's like that position not getting talked about much, but there's nothing behind Fletcher Cox right now. You feel good about I I'd go with Corey Peters.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one guy we might start to hear more about is Trayvon Hester. People probably don't know that much about him was a seventh round pick of the Raiders actually flashed a couple times last week. I don't want to Oh, go... John
0: Gruden got rid of him too. John Gruden. That's right. Got rid of him I'm not
1: too.
2: sure anybody, including the Eagles knows much about Trayvon Hester.
1: <laughs> that, that, uh, that may be right. They found out a little bit last week, but I don't really like either of those trades, to be quite honest. I'm with Joe on Devontae Parker. I mean, you're trading for a guy who has the skill set, the speed, and the size, but has not done anything in the NFL. If they liked his talent coming out of college, you know, conditional sixth, sure. Take a flyer on that. I do not like the idea of giving up a fourth-round pick for a 30-year-old, you know, basically two-down defensive tackle. That's what makes it tough. Well, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm not doing that one, so I, would, I think I would go Devontae Parker. The thing about the defensive line is when they are rushing the passer, Michael Bennett, Brandon Graham, those guys can play inside, so you're really just talking about the run defense, and I don't know. I feel like that should be one of the more easier positions in the NFL uh, to fill, so can't give up a fourth-round pick for that.
2: I think that's fair. All right, next one. A couple superstars in Arizona. Earlier this week on The Athletic, she asked Joe Banner, former Eagles president, about the possibility of getting Patrick Peterson. Woodpecker, you rather trade a first-round pick for Patrick Peterson or a second- and third-round pick for David Johnson?
1: That's a tough one. Well, that's another neither right there. Uh, Joe's going to have to go first. I'm going to have to chew on that one.
2: David Johnson is 26 years old, and Patrick Peterson is 28.
1: David Johnson has signed for a while
0: now. He just signed he that He just contract.
2: signed a long-term deal.
0: David Johnson. And this one is selfish because uh, Jack and I, we have a, a fantasy football team here at WIT. Uh, and
2: yeah, if you have David Johnson, we you are him. struggling. We are. Well, we We're trying it. to save him from Mike what McCoy. It's, it's, it's been mm. a struggle.
0: Yeah, well, we're doing all right as a team, but we're... Our team's loaded. It's what? just that David Johnson's
2: torpedoing it. What led you, after watching Sam Bradford up close, to decide that that was going to be a high-powered Because he's a check-down
1: Charlie. He could have had 100 catches. Okay.
2: For, for 103 yards.
1: <laughs> it hasn't
0: worked out for us. So I'm going <laughs> to selfishly say I want David Johnson and the Eagles... I like that he's re-signed. I like that he's young. I think he'd be great to catch the ball in Doug's offense, which Doug really has never had, for that guy here. I mean, Darren Spoles was supposed to be it, but he's yeah. never been fully in, and Ajayi wasn't that. And I, I think that kind of back could be just incredible with Carson Wentz. So I would go with that. Keep the first-round pick. I'll give a second and third for David Johnson. Shield, Shield, this is a tough one this, for Shield.
1: This, is a very, uh, this yeah. This is a very tough one because... I mean, Patrick Peterson is interesting in that, all right, cornerback is a need. It can help you right away. It's something you probably need to address in the offseason if Ronald Darby walks. But what's the reason the Cardinals might give up on Patrick Peterson? It's because they don't think he's a scheme fit. They're not just playing man coverage every down, and that's really what he is. The Eagles don't play a ton of man coverage. They are more of a zone team. So I wonder about his scheme fit. But, man, I, I just have the philosophy of do not give up valuable resources for running backs and a second and a third pick for David Johnson, who I do like a lot. That's a tough one. I think ultimately I would do the first for Patrick Peterson. Okay. You're going to be picking late in the first round. He's an upgrade in talent. At least supposed to be a good character. Guy can help you for a few years to come. Don't feel great about it, but if I if I have to choose one in this silly game, then I'll choose. I'm,
2: I'm with you on not giving up value for running backs, but I think I'm, Considering the Eagles have two seconds, I think I, I think I might do the David Johnson one. Okay. He's younger. I think he's a sort of a perfect scheme fit. I might I might do that one. Okay. Last one, just quickly on Le'Veon Bell, which is the better deal, Woodpecker? You rather trade that that 2019 second and whiz or a third round pick and Corey Clement?
0: No, a second and whiz. Okay. I don't want to get up on Corey Clement. Okay. I, I still like Corey Clement. I, I think he's still going to be a really valuable running back for the Eagles. Hopefully, he stays healthy the rest of the year. I. I all this Le'Veon Bell stuff, Shield, it's just—I'm with you. It's been out there for a while now, and I guess the dots have connected it more because the cap space Eagles opened up. I just get a bad feeling on Le'Veon Bell wherever he's going to go. That it's not going to impact the team's season if he goes anywhere, as much as we might think it will.
1: And no one seems to have a handle on what's going on with him, right? He was supposed to come back after the after the buy, and now that apparently uh, is not happening, or whatever the the latest report was. So yeah, I still think. That's probably very unlikely. I mean, if they felt okay about him in the locker room, I wouldn't have a problem with them uh, taking a flyer on him. Only because you're, you're probably going to get that compensatory pick back. Probably going to be a third if he walks after the season. But I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if the, you know if they win this week and they put up 30 points. I wonder if they say, "All right, we you know we don't need to do anything crazy offensively. We just needed to get guys healthy." Whereas. Uh, a week or 10 days ago, I was thinking they need to add a weapon on offense because, like you said, you're the best teams in the NFL. We see it. Uh, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Patriots, these teams are just so difficult to defend and are outscoring opponents at kind of this record pace. Eagles haven't gotten there yet, but maybe they feel good about getting to that point with their current personnel.
2: Sheila is, I believe, in charge of the Wendell Smallwood for the Pro Bowl campaign.
1: How's that going? That That is not me. Mine would be, I'm with you on Corey Clement. I mean, I just feel like, can we get this guy some more? He's, he's healthier now. Can we totally. get him on the field more? What has he shown he can't do? I mean, he he, he was your leading receiver in the Super Bowl. Let's pick up, can run the ball inside and outside. I want to see more of him.
0: Get him off the pitch count, get him the ball, yeah. and I think good things will happen. 8 at 8, 7, 2, 9, 94, 94. That is how you hop aboard. We'll come back. We'll guess the headlines for Monday. Eagles, Panthers will start looking ahead to the game, the matchups, and everything to come here. We'll do that on Birds with Friends. And Shea, why don't you tell everyone about The Athletic and how they could sign up for you guys.
1: Theathletic.com slash WIP. Get 30% off and a seven-day Free trial, no ads, no autoplay videos. Uh, great content with not only the Eagles, but we now we have Sixer season. So Derek Bodner, Rich Hoffman, and Mike O'Connor, those guys cover the team. Better than anybody. Check it out. Theathletic.com slash WIP. All right. We'll chat
0: about that. And I got to throw my wild take about Zach Ertz at these guys. See if they agree with me or they think I'm crazy on Ertz and his future. 888-729-9494. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Birds with Friends Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gillio with you. And in studio with us here for this hour, Shio Capati at Bo Wolf of The Athletic. So we had our three big questions. We talked about, uh, well, the trades in Woodpecker Would You Rather, the trade ideas. And now... We have to look ahead a little bit, guys. So the game is Sunday, so we don't have the game tomorrow like we did last week on a Thursday. But the Eagles are playing the Panthers in a game that it almost feels like this one is like the forgotten or look-ahead game. Because next week, you guys get to go to London. But I think everyone's kind of looking forward. That's a different kind of game. It's a morning game. It's the Jaguars. It's London. Giants division game. Then the Jaguar game. This is like that in-between game that I don't feel much buzz for this game. But it's a big game. The Panthers coming in here, and last year they played a really, that was a
1: fun game last year, the Thursday night game they played, Shield? Yeah, that was, what I, thought one of, I thought maybe not the best game of the season, but one of the best ones, and certainly the one where after that game, I thought, all right, maybe this Eagles team can do something uh, special with the way they kind of battled through adversity in that game and pulled out, I think, what, 26-24, something like that victory.
2: Yeah, I remember we, we talked about it, 28-23, as I just okay. looked it up. Uh, that was sort of the first time we thought, okay, this, this team has a chance to be special. And, and if you remember, that was a game where they, they really sort of dominated the whole time, but uh, they lost the turnover battle, and then the penalty disparity was like 10 penalties for 123 yards. To was one, insane. To Pete one Morelli, penalty for one yard. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that, that sort of kept them in the game. But I remember Fletcher Cox was coming off some brutal injury and played on a short week and was fantastic. Uh, Carson Wentz was nails. There was that nice touchdown pass to, to Zach Ertz. So uh, my sense is that uh, this Panthers team is, is not as good as it was back then. So we'll see what happens.
0: I agree with that. Before we get to the predictions or the thoughts, or the headlines of whether they could be Monday, you mentioned Fletcher Cox. He's not being talked about much. He's it's having unbelievable. a
1: dominant season. You'll want to check out theathletic.com slash Philly this, this week, Joe. I think there may be a big piece coming on Fletcher Same Cox which, on Friday. As, as, I didn't even know that. I just said that because <laughs> I want to talk as, about
2: it. As listeners of Birds with Friends know, maybe bad news for Fletcher Cox considering the history of the Kapadia curse.
1: Oh, no. Mm. She, they need him. I know. when. Yeah, when I write about people, they tend to go down the tube, so I'll try to not make that happen with Fletcher Cox, but you're right. The guy needs to be, I mean, he has been lights out every week. He hasn't even had a mediocre game. He leads the NFL with 15 quarterback hits. He's playing way more snaps than he's played before. He's dominating against the run. He's tossing guards and centers left and right. Uh, The guy's been unbelievable. And the leadership stuff, I mean, him getting in Jalen Mills' face and speaking for the entire listening audience, Uh, he's, he's
0: been great. All right, let's talk about the headlines, and then I'll throw my wild Zach Ertz uh, okay. thought at these guys. Let's talk about what if the Eagles win Monday morning. What's the headline going to look like, Bo?
1: Uh,
2: you know, this is a tough one. I uh, I think that this Panthers team, as we said, is, is not quite as good. And it's interesting, you think about the Panthers, you think about their defense. Their defense has not been very good, I think, uh, as I look it up, 21st. In defensive DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, bad against or below average against both the pass and the run. And they've got those great defensive tackles, but I, I sort of think that we could see a, a bit of a, a reverse psychology game plan here from from the Eagles. You know, Doug Peterson talked about they got that mini buy. They, they got to uh, self scout on Friday, sort of look at some of their tendencies. I, and, and I think we may see a little bit more of the running game than we're expecting. I'm going to say Corey Clement, as wow. we talked about, bust out. 100-plus yards rushing, two touchdowns. The Eagles run all over the Panthers if they win
1: this game. You wanted to trade him last segment, and now he's your player of the game. I didn't want to. I offered up a woodpecker you rather. Okay. All right. She woodpecker, I, I don't. If
0: they win, as Bo tries to trade Corey Clement
1: away here, if they win, what's the headline look like? I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. I think it's going to be about the second-year player, Derek Barnett, having his signature game. As an eagle, Ooh, I, I like that. I think those Panthers' offensive tackles are not very good. The Eagles got after Cam Newton quite a bit last year. The only reason the Panthers' sack numbers aren't as bad is because the guy is impossible to bring down. But I think Barnett, as you know, week by week, has been playing better. I thought he played well last week, and I think he'll have a chance in this game to really dominate against lesser talent. And we'll be talking about wow, Der- Derek Barnett is making that second year leap and uh, leading the way to kind of a sack party against Kim Newton. And, and, and we have
2: sort of talked about this on the podcast, but Derek Barnett is as important to the Eagles' future as almost anybody on the roster outside of Carson Wentz, just considering the way that the Eagles want to build their roster from the line out. He's the only young guy they have. You look at all the guys on the defensive line. Fletcher Cox, first-round pick. Brandon Graham, first-round pick. Chris Long, first-round pick from somewhere else. Haloti Nada, first-round pick from somewhere else. That's sort of how Howie Roseman wants to build. And if they're not going to be picking high in the draft... Derek Barnett sort of needs to blossom into a superstar and sort of maybe the next Brandon Grant.
0: How about if they lose this game, which would be two straight losses at home? They haven't lost two straight lo- two games at home since Doug's first year. I think the Packers and Redskins in the late part of that season. That would be a shell shocker. If not, I mean, if they lose this game to the Panthers in a vacuum, that's not a shell shocker, right? But if they lose two straight at
1: home, Bo, that would be a pretty big deal. I like I like that use of sh- use of shell shocker. Shell shocker. I'm that, used to hearing people are shell shocked. I don't think I've heard I, that version before. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta steal noun. that for yeah. birds with Friends." Go for it! I like okay.
2: that. We're gonna have to come up with a pun for it. Yeah, well,
1: that's the only way you can do things. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, again, it's I, like he has given this no thought. Look at him. You know, don't you prepare for the show? Come on. We've already been over this. Okay. I'm
2: gonna say I I don't want to go back to the well because I said it last week, but it worked. I'm gonna say if they lose this game, it's on the offensive line again, and maybe it's Jason Peters, and and mm-hmm. you know Monday morning Angelo saying. Why didn't you sit Jason Peters? He's dealing with this busted bicep. <laughs> and, and he goes out there and, you know, he plays half the game. He gets, he, he gets Carson Wentz hit on the blind side. There's a couple fumbles. They lose the ball. Halapulavati Vitae comes in. He's not ready for prime time. And, and I think that's really the way that I see the Eagles potentially losing this game. At the same, I don't, I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but I'm not super worried about the Panthers' offense. It seems like a good matchup for the Eagles' defense. Then again, we said the same thing about Tennessee.
1: A bicep can't just like fall off, right? Like his bicep can't just fall onto the ground at the length. I always, you know, my
2: problem with bicep is do you add the S? Is, no. is it spelled with the S no. biceps?
1: But just another reminder that football players are ridiculous people. They're no. not like you and I. No. Is it bicep, I put a brace on. Let's He's get He's not going to miss any time. Who wants some? Okay. I am going to go on the defensive side of the ball. You're right. You know, the Panthers, Cam Newton, here's a little stat for you, has completed two passes that have traveled 20 yards or more downfield all season. That's last in the NFL among starting quarterbacks. So they've got nothing going down the field. You know, I've been complimentary. A lot of people have of Ronald Darby's performance last week. I thought he played well, although they did give him a lot of safety help when they didn't. He did play well. You know, in this game, I think the one matchup that could hurt them would be Devin Funches against Ronald Darby. Funches is a big wide receiver. He can make those contested catches even when he's not open. Cam Newton will give him a shot. And I just wonder, are we going to be talking about, hey, Darby strung together his second consecutive good game, or are we going to be saying, man, you know, they got lucky against the Giants, and now all of a sudden they're giving up big play after big play to an offense that hasn't produced any explosive plays all season long. So I'm going to go with Ronald Darby as the guy we're talking about if the Eagles lose this football game.
0: All right, let's wrap with this. I need just your initial reaction and thought to my Zach Ertz take. Another big game last week. He leaves the NFL in receptions, I believe. At least...
2: He's on pace to set the record for tight end receptions in right. this season.
0: Having one of the great tight end seasons of all time. He's going to end this year, well, a lot more, but at least, I think, 400 catches, which would put him top two or three ever through his age 26 season. He has as many or more yards than Tony Gonzalez at the same juncture of his career. I think Zach Ertz is on his way to the Hall of Fame. Am I
1: crazy? Mm -hmm. Well, you make a strong argument there. I do think there are some caveats. Number one is you played in that chip offense, and so you're running, what, 80, 85 plays a game. You're probably getting more targets, although I haven't looked that up. He's having a terrific year, and I think he doesn't get as much pub as uh, Gronk and Kelsey because those guys are making these freak show plays where they're chucking people left and right and making acrobatic catches. And he's just like this refined route runner who knows how to use leverage and just get open, get open, get open. I think since the beginning of last year, I believe he's third in the NFL in red zone touchdowns. And, and I know he prides himself third down red zone. Those are my, that's my time. He did it in the Super Bowl. So uh, it's an interesting topic. We might have to do that as a, as a deep dive on the athletic. Bo, should I book my uh, room in
0: Canton for some time in the 2030s? <laughs> I, I kind of
2: like this one. You know, what's, what's holding him back is, is that, you know, anytime you're talking Hall of Fame case, you're talking about comparing guys to their contemporaries, and he is probably the third most dangerous tight end in football, so that, that goes against him a little bit. But, you know, if he's compiling those numbers, he's certainly got a chance if he's going to be playing with Carson Wentz for the next 10 years. I'll give you one, uh, one thing that helps your case. On his third catch of the game against the Tampa Bay Bucks in Week 2, it was a three-yard completion, he became the leading receiver in NFL history for players whose first name
1: starts
0: with a Z. How about that? When, when he gives his speech one day in Canton, it, that, he's going to bring that up. Remember that that time in Tampa when I did that? And Bo's was like, listen. Bo's I was
1: going to present. is going to be like Ray Dinger with Tommy McDonald. That's Bo right. Wolf is going to present Zach Ertz You that. can make That's the right. case. All right, guys. Appreciate you coming in for
0: the hour. We'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. And before you go, Bo, tell everyone one more time how they can read you guys at The Athletic.
2: Theathletic.com slash WIP is how you sign up. 30% off. It works out to something like less than $4 a month. It's a fantastic deal. You can try us out with a seven-day free trial with that that promo code. Do not miss everything that Sheil Kapadia writes on The Athletic.
0: Do not miss it. All right, we'll come back. 888-729-9494. 8 8, 9, we'll get into the Manny Machado nonsense from last night, and we'll vent about Markel Fultz and the Sixers on Sports Radio 94 WIP.